It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. Has the first down of the goal. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae at the 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown, Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as we open up the show today, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Inside the Raiders headquarters. Wow, where else would I rather be with the Chiefs in town coming up here on Saturday? So I'm assuming the Chiefs are getting here at some point later tonight or tomorrow to play a game on Saturday. And it's the only game at that time. So the Raiders have a national game to to wrap up the season here against their rival, which hasn't been much of a rivalry as of late, huh? And the Raiders got to turn that rivalry around. I just finished interviewing Josh McDaniels. My final interview with him of this season, uh, first one of this year, obviously, but the last one of the 17 or 18, 19 interviews that I think I've done with him, also some other events in and around the facility. He had a lot to say, and a lot of it was about DeMar Hamlin, who we got great news this morning. He begins to awaken. He's moving his hands and feet. Doctors are saying, as the doctors spoke at UC Medical Center, which everybody's been waiting for, the Buffalo Bills safety who had the cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football. That's really been the whole week. It's been the entire week on every flagship NFL station, everywhere on SportsCenter, wherever you get your sports. It's been about how is this young man going to recover? Can we all pray for him? Can we donate to his charity? And it's working. It's working. Prayers work. Prayers work. A lot of people have been praying for DeMar Hamlin, and he is beginning to awaken as he shows quote, substantial improvement in his recovery from going into cardiac arrest and collapsing on the field Monday night. And we're sitting here Thursday. So you look how quickly this miracle, this is a miracle. And I think of this, and I don't want to get too deep here to start off the show, but this is a miracle because he was dying on the field. Pulse gone. They had to save him on a football field and get him to the hospital where he's under tremendous care and he's doing better. He's able to move his hands and feet. The doctor said he's unable to speak, but was able to communicate in writing. Hamlin asked whether the Bills won Monday night's game against the Bengals. I can't imagine. Can't imagine. The answer is yes, Damar. You won the game of life, one of the doctors said. Can you imagine waking up not knowing what happened? He has no idea what happened in that game, no memory of it, asking if they won the game and having to tell them them that they didn't finish the game. Can you imagine what his brain was thinking, his mind at that point? I mean, that's pretty crazy stuff, and it looks to be good news. So let's keep praying for this kid, and I think the Raiders and every other team that's made a donation or made a comment or changed the lighting on their stadium, the Raiders put up the number three at Allegiant Stadium. We'll all be tied together no matter how long we listen to each other or talk to each other. We'll all remember this week. The rest of your life, you will remember this week as a football fan You'll think of the Buffalo Bills and what that community is going through, the great fans of Cincinnati, and then we're all going to get back to life. We're all going to get back, and we'll never forget this kid's name, 24-year-old young man who hopefully has a full recovery. It's too early to talk about that, but I'm so happy we can open up the show. Uh, Take you behind the scenes. When I finished with Coach McDaniels, when we were done, Will Kiss 
who's the head of PR for the Raiders, told that to Coach. And Coach McDaniels, you could see the look on his face. He was taking off his microphone on the TV set with me, and he said, wow, that's amazing. He really cares. You know, as I've been trying to tell you about Josh McDaniels all year, some people are listening. Other people, I I know you're all about wins and losses. I'm about human relationships, friendships, respecting other people. This guy, Josh McDaniels, really cares Everyone in this building is behind him. The locker room's behind him. The owner's behind him. I'm behind him. We all want him to win, and we know what's happened this year. It hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out to the level that we wanted to work out, and that's where we all are, and everybody has different opinions on that, and I'm not here to guard your opinions. I just tell you to be respectful and think what you want, but there's a lot of work to be done around here, and this is a big game, and he understands the rivalry, and I think you're going to be interested to hear what he said when we get the sound to you, normally tomorrow. But I might have Bobby try to grab it today on what he said about this fan base. And what he said about this fan base, the Raider Nation, was dead serious and sincere. So think of what you want to think of him. And again, think of me for doing my job. And think of everybody behind the scenes here in this organization. And everybody that he knows and you know. Whatever it is, I know the guy. I've met the guy. He's been very good to me in regards to the amount of time he gives me every week when there's just a lot going on here. And we wrapped it up, and we'll see what the offseason looks like. And that brings me to today's show. Today's show's all over the place. I like to say all over the ice. As we're brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town. There's a PTs right out here. I might go. Yes, I might go for a cerveza, a Modelo. See, I can get PTs in and Modelo, two of my big sponsors right into it. There's a PTs right outside. Maybe I'll let the rain calm down on the way and only have one. Usually I don't have any, but maybe I'll reward myself with a Modelo at the PTs over here in deep, deep Summerlin. So I wake up this morning and my phone's blowing up. And that's never good because, you know, I got 84-year-old parents who I'm going to be seeing a lot this offseason in Florida. And I got sisters and I look up and my phone, I got about three or four messages. And one's from a producer at a television station in Boston asking me if I'll come on Skype because of the newspaper in Vegas. I said, what are you talking about? I texted him back because I get the newspaper delivered to my driveway. Delivered right here. I brought it in today. Tom Brady. Whoa. Vincent Bonsignor. Vinny, who's in the building right now. Raiders target Brady. Reuniting quarterback with McDaniels is a top offseason wish list for the franchise. Vinny writes well. Vinny's on the radio here. And it's all right there. And we could talk about this. So where do I stand on Tom Brady? He's the greatest football player of all time, other than Jim Brown, in my opinion. And you could say that about anybody, the late Reggie White. You can go back to the greatest players, Walter Payton, who passed away. Who's ever on your list? Brady is either one or two. He's on the Mount Rushmore. If you don't have Brady at least two, and you have him anything after three or four, you don't know the game. So would I like to see Tom Brady in Vegas? Sure. Why not? You think it'd be good for the radio? You think it'd be good for our partners? You think it'd be good for merchandise? You think it'd be good for everybody? It'd be unbelievable. It would have been nice maybe to get him three years ago. But he went to Tampa, and he might go to Miami this year. He always had his eye on Miami. But Vinny, who does a job, and Vinny's not a gossiper, as you know. Vinny's a really good guy. He's not a gossiper. Uh, Vinny put this to pen and wrote about it and transcribed it into a computer. And that's where we're going. So, you know, I get up in the morning, and I'm getting ready to come in here to interview Coach. And I threw on television Colin Coward's on he's leading with that and he's wrong a lot he's wrong like all the time a lot very good broadcaster probably the best broadcaster out there the most successful radio voice 
in our business, but he doesn't know much about this topic at all. This is his staff, like most staffs, just gets in the morning. They have a three-hour meeting. I need about four minutes because I watch sports. I watch sports. I don't need people sitting down with bagels and locks and cream cheese telling me what to talk about. There's no notes in front of me, just a newspaper, and I, I know what I want to talk about. So now he started running with it and quoted the Las Vegas Review Journal. I guess his producers couldn't write down on a post-it note, Vinnie Bonsignor. Guess they couldn't write that down or put it into the teleprompter. But he said the Las Vegas Review Journal, Raiders target Brady. So he did his whole monologue on it. I said, "Uh uh-oh, I'm going into the building today. I'm going into the headquarters today. And all this Brady stuff's out there. We got a game to play against Kansas City and Kelsey. Do you know the last game Kelsey played against the Raiders, he had only 25 yards receiving? And four touchdowns. Oh, my God. OMG. By the way, has that ever been done before? I don't think it's ever been done before. I don't think anyone's had four touchdowns in a receiving role with 25 yards or less. Maybe I'm wrong. I doubt it. That, that has to be the first time ever. So here we go with the Tom Brady. So Vinny Bonsignor, the great Vinny, opened up the gate. He backs everything up, just like Dave Ziegler, JT, Josh McDaniels, Devontae, you. When you call the show, you have to back everything up. You have to put your name on it. The race to Brady, I guess, begins. Now, I got a general rule. Derek Carr is still on this team. Derek Carr is still under contract, even though he's not in the building. I don't talk about Derek's money. Is there a chance that uh, Derek could be here? There's a one in a million, one in 500,000 chance that he could be back. Are the Raiders going to be able to trade him and get anything in return? Is Derek going to block that by using his no-trade clause? No idea. No idea. I know that. I would hope that the Raiders would get something for him, significant. And if they don't, and Derek wants to be a power player and say, no, just cut me. I'll make my choice up. I'll go wherever I want. He has the right to do that. That's the language of the contract. But if the Brady door is going to open, and the Brady's a freight train, we're going to let Brady on the tracks, Brady's going to mow down everybody on the tracks. So two years ago, the biggest topic in the NFL was the offseason of Aaron Rodgers. Remember, he was dating some gal, some actress you've never heard of and you never heard of since. Remember that? He was in in Maui doing a yoga cleanse. Remember, he grew his hair out, had all the beard, and everyone's like, man, is he ever going to play again? He's in Maui doing a yoga cleanse, man. He's playing golf all the time. Well, he used that drama of that offseason to secure the largest single-season contract in NFL history, bigger than Mahomes, bigger than Brady, which is on the current contract he resides on, about $50 million a year. And in order to get him away from Green Bay, you have to trade for him, just like in order to get Derek Carr now. If you want him now, you got to set up a trade. you got to have a handshake agreement on a trade. So some people want Aaron Rodgers, some want Tom Brady, some want Jarrett Stidham. Many want Derek Carr, many Derek Carr fans, rightfully so. And many want C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. They want the young franchise quarterback and maybe Tom Brady who doesn't require any draft equity. The cool thing about Tom Brady, if he comes to this organization and Dave Ziegler gets him on the phone, Mark Davis takes him up in the helicopter. They're looking at Summerlin. They're looking at the ridges. They're looking at the summit or whatever they're looking at. And Brady's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Raiders don't have to give up anything. They don't have to trade. They don't have to give up two first-round picks. Not that Brady's worth it. He's on the back, 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 back side of his career. But I think he's got something left. The guy never gets hit. The guy never gets hit. Jarrett Stidham took a hit against the Niners. Jarrett Stidham took a blow to the Niners. I haven't seen Brady take a hit like that since when? 
I mean, when was the last time, raise your hand, beep your horn, you saw Tom Brady get plastered to the ground the way Jared Stidham did? And everybody was saying, well, you know, JT, Brady's arm, he's not mobile. Yeah, he's not mobile because the ball comes out in 2.1 seconds. Comes right out of his hands. You want to talk about a guy who changes the play at the line of scrimmage? This guy's the GOAT. So he can take all that time he wants. You know how I freak out when Derek takes the whole play clock for protection? You wouldn't hear a peep out of me if Brady was here. I can tell you that. Brady could use all the clock. He can do whatever he wants because he's Brady. And the ball always goes to where no one is. That's the beauty of Tom Brady. The ball comes out, and whoever he decides to throw to, no one's around that person. Why is that? Because he knows. He studies. He knows where everyone is. He checks out, and he checks to the open guy. And then then Raider fans are going to start saying, well, he's at the end of his career. How dare you say that about Brady ever? Don't you ever say anything about Tom Brady ever again about where he is in his career. You don't eat avocado ice cream with him. You don't train like he does. You don't treat your body, I don't, the way he does. You don't know how much he has left. Guy won a Super Bowl two years ago. Is he getting older? Absolutely. He's one of the only guys who's undefeated currently against Father Time. He and LeBron James. So what am I saying here in the opening of the show? This is just good journalism. It starts the conversation. I'll do a little bit of it, but not a lot, because I'm focused more on the X's and O's of Kansas City and for the Raiders to win this game. But thanks to Vinny Bonsignor and thanks to a couple other people, uh, the floodgates are open. Floodgates are open now. You can talk about Tom Brady because they're talking about it on the cover of our newspaper. That's, a, that's more of an authority than me. The cover of the newspaper, the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Let me read you the title again. Raiders target Brady. Reuniting quarterback with McDaniels is a top offseason wish list for the franchise. So take that and run with it. Do what you want. We got great guests, but I'm trying to slot them in. Steve Levy, who's a good friend of mine from back in the day, he'll be calling the game on Monday Night Football. He got bumped from Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. He had the job of a lifetime. And he was cool. He's like, look, you're bringing in Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I'm good. And they still give him a bunch of games. And last week he was here doing the Raider game on ESPN Radio. So he knows the team well. Again, a good friend. I go back with him over 20 years. Great friends with the great John O'Donnell, then the crew over at One Steakhouse at Virgin. He's a good man. So hopefully the practice is going on now. And we're going to try to bring up Levi Edwards, the digital reporter for the Raiders, Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5 sports director, and Steve Levy, and try to slot them in back-to-back-to-back, I think, next hour. But I'm not sure. Something could change at any point in time. And then Lee Sterling is going to give you a gift, a holiday gift. He's going to give you three games for free coming up here in a little bit. We do that about 12.35. And uh, Steve Levy just confirmed with me from ESPN Monday Night Football He'll be live with us at 1.30. Uh, on the game, this is the number one passing offense. It's the number one overall offense. The Raiders last week played the number one defense and the number one rushing defense and did a pretty good job. So what's the big takeaway from this game? The last time they played, the Raiders lost 30-29. to They should have won the game. They're up 17 nothing. Kansas City came storming back. Josh Jacobs got stopped at the goal line. Remember going for two and what happened in that game, and the Raiders ended up losing. But I thought they outplayed Kansas City. Kansas City had a real big burst in the second half, but I thought the Raiders were the better team in that game. Devontae had a monster game. In the Kansas City game, Devontae only had three receptions, just three, for 124 yards and two touchdowns. 
Let that sink in. And Josh Jacobs had 21 carries for a buck 54 and a touchdown. The reason why Josh Jacobs is leading the NFL in rushing is because of that game and other games, but that game against a really good team might end up being your Super Bowl team this year. He had 154 yards. So what do you want to do, everybody, for this game? I'll turn it over to you. You could be the defensive coordinator. You could be the head coach, play caller. How do you want to beat Kansas City at home? Well, you got to stop Kelsey. Remember the drinking game. Whenever I say Kelsey, do a shot. Kelsey must be stopped, but he can't be stopped. He can't be stopped because no one can stop him. I talked about it right to Gruden's face, right to Del Rio's face, right to Dennis Allen's face. Every head coach here who's been kind enough to sit down with me, I say, what can we do to stop Kelsey? Well, we can hit him off the line. We can let him release. We can double team him with the safety. Then why doesn't it work? Why in God's name doesn't it work? Why can't we slow down Kelsey? No one's had an answer. Nobody. Gus Bradley, Patrick Graham, go back to all of them. They don't have an answer to this. So I would think that this defense and this defensive coordinator should be really concerned about Kelsey because he's playing for the one seed. I think he's going to have a big game. You can't contain this guy. Last time they played, he had 25 yards and four touchdowns. So what do you think the over-under is? And one of you gamblers out there who looks at the props, tell me it quickly. What's the prop on Kelsey? How many yards? How many touchdowns in this game? I'll, I'll take the over just to start. I don't gamble. I don't gamble, but if I did, I'd take the over on Kelsey. How's this defense going to stop him? This defense makes plays at times, at times, and then when they do make plays, the offense can't score. That's one of the reasons I think Derek Carr will not be here anymore. The defense made stops this year with all these big halftime leads. The defense did their job going into halftime, and then the offense couldn't extend on the lead, and the offense couldn't put the game away. You better put the game away against Kansas City. And I'm not even asking for that. For the Kansas City game, I'm just looking for what happened with the Niner game. With the Kansas City game, it's the same thing I told you about the Niner game. Get to halftime. Just get to halftime. And then we could all sit around at halftime. I don't know who's performing. I'll find out at the torch. You have a cerveza. You're in the Twitch lounge, Modelo lounge. You're at the torch. You're watching some entertainment. And then you go, okay, Raiders get the ball or Kansas City gets the ball. Let's keep it close and have a chance in the fourth quarter. And the Raiders had a chance in the fourth quarter against the Niners. They had a second-half lead. Robbie Gold missed a kick. It went to overtime. The Raiders got the ball, started to drive in overtime, and then Nick Bosa blew it up. And the game was over. I'll take that right now. I'll take that right now. I'll take fourth quarter trailing by three. I'll take, give me five minutes to overtime. I'll take whatever you give me. Just give me a game that is manageable in the fourth quarter with Jared Stidham versus Patrick Mahomes. That's all I'm asking for is a good game. I think we'll get it. I'll be very surprised if the Raiders don't play well. As we were talking earlier, the only game the Raiders did not show up in this year was just one, the New Orleans game. They didn't get the ball past midfield with Derek Carr. They didn't get the ball past midfield against Andy Dalton. They didn't show up in that game. All the other games they showed up. Most of the games they played really well and had a lead in the second half. And that's what's been the dagger for me for this season. I try to see the positives. Well, there's a lot of positives. They had 17 and 20-point leads. That was positive at some point. They were playing well. But how do they finish games? And that's something that they need to work on in the offseason. So I believe I gave you enough in 20 minutes of me, and I'd like to hear from you. 
at 702-365-9200. It's Thursday, so I'd like to know the final score. I'd like to know how this game's going to end. I'd also like to know if you're going to the game. It's your last game to see some friends. You know, I see a lot of people sometimes in the offseason, but, you know, the last time, you know, I go through the black hole, Jay Lott, and say goodbye to some friends. I say goodbye to my buddy Joe, who's disabled in a wheelchair, but he cooks me my carne asada. I don't see him much in the offseason. I'm bringing both my sons. They're coming with me. I'm excited because they're both leaving after the game Sunday to go back to college. My oldest is finishing up his final semester at Oklahoma, and I'll be at his graduation if all goes well. i got to write the final check. And then I'll go to the graduation, and that'll be coming up in May. And then my other son goes back to ASU. And uh, my wife and I will be back to being empty nesters again. So that's what I got. Oh, and I'm going to the Golden Knights game tonight. I'm excited about that. The Penguins here. I'm going to go to the Golden Knights tonight, so we'll have some Golden Knights context, content also. So that's where I'm at today, and I'd love to hear from you because it's the last game of the year. After that, I think we're going to have a lot of chatter going on in the offseason. Hopefully I'll be here for most of it. I'll check out for a little bit. It's been a long run, man, working six, seven days a week with Mad Dog this and all game day on Sunday, and I love it, and I wouldn't do anything else other than that. It's not work. The real workers in this town know who they are. The people that put their lives on the line, work hard. Everybody who works hard for a living. I'm just in the playground of radio talking sports. But every once in a while after Super Bowl, you got to kind of wave and say, hey, man, I'll catch you in a couple of days or a couple of weeks and do that. But I'm jacked up for this game, and I hope the Raiders win it, and I hope they play as good as they did against the 49ers, and I think they can. I think they have all the assets in this game on offense to embrace the shootout and have a really good game. My black hole brother Thor in North Las Vegas where, Thor, it looks like it's going to rain and pour over here, man. I might, need, I might need you to come pick me up later today and drive me back in a boat back to you. What's happening? <laughs> I got you, my brother. I got you. It's, it's storming over here on me right now. I'm driving right now. Um, hey, you know, the Raider Nation Drinking Club, we're in on the drink challenge. I'm, I'm driving right now, so I can't drink, but... You just text me how many drinks I owe, and, and i get you some out of the tailgate, too. I'll do some for you. Um, but how do we beat these dudes? Like, obviously, we got to stop Kelsey for sure. We got to outscore him. The, the offense that I saw last week was the offense I was expecting to see all year. You score, and you keep scoring. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I, I obviously went against the number one rated defense in the NFL in sports like that. Mm-hmm. So, to me, we have to outscore Kansas City. We have to outscore them. I mean, we also have to use the running game because it was effective the first game against them. We know they're going to scheme for that to slow that down. But you still have to run the balls, you know, um, keep good balance. Also, that keeps your defense that is that's just beat up, just absolutely beat up off the field as much as possible, um, and and we have to win it like we should have been able, should have, or could have won the game last week in a shootout. I, I think we can win in the shootout. Yeah. I think we're we're hungry. I think these these young young. I think this young kid is hungry. I think a lot of these kids who are coming in. I, I can't even remember his name, Legacy or what that so number you, six. Or yep. he was all over the field on defense, right? So a lot of young kids are going to be in there that are that mm-hmm. are coming up for injured players yes. that are going to be hungry. 
and I, I, we need them to go out there and eat. Thank you, Thor. Yes, you're right about that. I got to run, my friend. I'm at the bottom of the hour. Thank you. I will see you, Thor, a bunch. And uh, download Thor's podcast. He's got a good Raider Nation podcast. Thor's a good man. Appreciate him coming in with the black hole. He just said what I said, embrace the shootout. No coach is ever going to sit down with a reporter or a radio host and say, shh, JT, come here. We're going to throw on every play. They're going to tell us that. But you can embrace the shootout in a game like this. You know what's interesting about Josh McDaniels? Josh McDaniels is the first-year head coach of the Raiders. He's going to have the leading running back in the NFL. That's a pretty big accomplishment. And he has the receiver who broke the Raiders' all-time yardage record. It's a head coach. Head coach has got a receiver who broke Tim Brown's record and a running back who's now compared single-season-wise to Marcus Allen. That, to me, is a tremendous positive. The negatives on this is that the offense doesn't put teams away. We talked about that, the Baker-Mayfield game, the Kyler Murray game. Uh, So those two games just were daggers to the Raiders' season. And then the defense has a lot of highs and lows, but the defense is not middle of the road. The, The defense is an average. The defense is an above average. It's on the other side of average, which is not good. And they got to clean that up in the offseason, and I think Dave Ziegler will. They're going to have to. So do you see any positives here? I see a bunch. But I know not to throw that past the Raider Nation because the Raiders care about winning Super Bowls, not winning six or seven games. But if you're going to the game, you want to win, and you want to have a great time. Tell me about this game and what it means to you. 702-365-9200. Brought to you by Modelo with the fighting spirit. I'm not overly concerned about it. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, just, I think it's the normal bumps and bruises. You know, you guys saw he took a few hits. So, I mean, I think I think we should be okay there. Um, but uh, he and Chase will, uh, you know, get ready to go just like they, they did last week. That's head coach Josh McDaniels on Stidham's elbow. He's great to go, good to go. He better be. I think he's, he puts himself in a really nice position. If you want to jump in now, uh, before the top of the hour, we got time for you, 702-365-9200. And the reason you want to call even more on days like today because I'm in the building, and the show's on in the building. So you're inside the building of the Raiders, your football team. So that would bring me a little bit more juice if I was calling it. I'd have the juice driving around the 215 and the 15 going, I can get my call inside the building. Sound off like you got a pair. Breaking news, Texas fired their men's basketball coach Chris Beard as he faces felony domestic violence charges well deserved and Dana White obviously TMZ TMZ sports reporting you saw that in Cabo uh, Dana White's wife hit him he hit her back very unfortunate Dana apologized for that all you can do is live your life and when someone touches another woman they deserve all the criticism in the world to rain down on them Never thought of it, never did it. My father never did it. My grandfather never did it. I did not grow up in that culture. I did not, and I tell my sons that. Don't ever put your hand on a woman. I don't care what happens. If she swings first, whatever happens, okay? When you do that, it's the worst thing you can do. 
in regards to putting your hands on anyone, especially a woman. And we have two high-profile storylines this week. And Chris Beard, who was going to be the head coach at UNLV, kind of like Bobby Petrino until a better deal came along. And he bolted, and now a lot of people are disturbed by this. He's just fired today after one month after the school suspended him without pay following his arrest on a domestic family violence charge. So that's just, I'm just reading you the headline. It's very uncomfortable to see a man put their hands on a woman when it happens. I have the same response all the time on that, every time. No excuse. Apologize. I'm a big believer in forgiveness and second chances, but that's a tough one for me. Uh, Dana's big in this town and he'll atone for it and he apologized on it and you know fans have a right to say whatever they want on radio and television about that a lot of people are texting me asking me about what's going to happen with this game and the rescheduling of this game in the AFC race and how this plays out I think they should play the game the NFL will not resume the Bills and Bengals game so pro football talk first had it it's official almost and they've talked about this that the game most likely won't continue. Here's Mike Florio on this topic, which is a huge topic which could affect Kansas City as they're in Las Vegas taking on the Raiders. There's an idea percolating that would go like this. First week of the playoffs would be NFC wild card only and Bills Bengals. Second week of the playoffs would be AFC wild card once we know the final seeding in the AFC after Bills and Bengals play. Then divisional round for everyone, AFC and NFC, the following week. Then conference championships, then Super Bowl. You would just wipe out the week between the conference championships and the Super Bowl that currently has nothing other than the Pro Bowl games, whatever they're going to be. Well, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. We have the Pro Bowl here in Vegas. It's a flag football game, but it's very important to the economy and all that. And I think everybody understands the situation that is happening in Buffalo is more important than the Pro Bowl. So here's why this is so important. If Cincinnati, I think, would have beat the Bills that night. They were up 7-3. They were driving. I think they were going to be the better team that night. But you don't know. Buffalo could come back. Let's just say Cincinnati wins that game. Buffalo goes to the three seed. Kansas City's the one. Cincinnati's the two. Cincinnati beats Baltimore this week. If Kansas City loses to the Raiders, Cincinnati's the one seed. Then you got Kansas City and Buffalo. It's a big deal. If Buffalo is able to make up this game with Cincinnati, Buffalo beats the Patriots, and they make up the game with Cincinnati, that's really important, but they'd lose the bye week, right? That's what we're talking about. You'd lose the bye week, and that's what Buffalo played all year long. The reason why I picked Buffalo to win the Super Bowl was because I thought they'd be the one seed because they won in Kansas City earlier. They won in Kansas City earlier this year, so I thought they'd have the They'd be the front runner for the for the bye week, and then they'd have two games in Orchard Park, which are weather related games. I also heard someone talk today on the radio about the fact that if you're going to play this game between Buffalo and the Bengals again, you can't play it in Cincinnati. It's fair to play it in Cincinnati, but it's too hard on the players mentally. You play it at a neutral site, or you play the AFC Championship game if you reseeded and you do not have Buffalo play Cincinnati. Say. They come up and Roger Goodell says, we're not going to play that game and we're not going to make it up, period. And we're going to reseed it our way. Okay, that's fair enough. I am not going to debate this and yell at Roger Goodell on the radio if he decides to give Kansas City and or Buffalo the one seed. If they make up their mind, they do it. But the unique argument would be 
If you're going to do it that way and flip a coin or do something, you've got to play in a neutral site. You can't play that game in Buffalo or Kansas City. And the best place to play, which I agree, would be Indianapolis. Indianapolis's location from Kansas City to Buffalo, very generic stadium. It's a nice stadium. No one would have an advantage. If you put the game in Pittsburgh, the Buffalo fans would buy every ticket, period. Kansas City wouldn't get to Pittsburgh, their fans. Why would they? They're trying to save their money for the Super Bowl in Glendale. You put Buffalo anywhere on the road after what just happened to this young man, their fans are going to mortgage their homes to get to every playoff game. So for Buffalo, I I think Buffalo is going to come out of this, and I expect one of their players, maybe it's Josh Allen, who's going to say on the record, possibly, we don't care. We'll play anybody anywhere, seat us wherever you want. But they fought really hard this year to keep the one seed. And Cincinnati came from the dead to get the one seed. And Kansas City at Arrowhead, Raider Nation, you know from going there, that's a big-time home field advantage. Huge. So this is the next big story as we're getting good news. We're getting very good news about the condition of a young man who almost died on a football field. So who would ever argue about this? Who would ever say anything now that Deron Hamlin is in pretty good shape? Not good shape. Let me take that back. He's in better shape than he was when he was unconscious. Now DeMar Hamlin is awakened, and he's moving his hands and feet, which is a huge Herculean moment, which is great. But I don't think there's going to be any complaints on Cincinnati, Kansas City, or Buffalo Sports Talk Radio about where they play that game. It's going to be fascinating how they do it. And if they get rid of the bye week for the Super Bowl, I've always liked the bye week for the Super Bowl as a sports talk host. Because it gave us an extra week. You know, we're not on the radio 52 weeks a year. You take out a couple of vacations. You're in the 45-week-a-year period. If you give me another week of football content when there's no football being played, I love it. But a lot of people want to go back to the old-school era where, you know, you don't have a bye week in between the Super Bowl. Just go from the championship games. Go right to the Super Bowl. And that's hard to do. Bill Parcells made it famous when the Giants traveled out west to play the 49ers in Montana with Hostetler, and Parcells told everybody before the plane left, pack for the Super Bowl. What do you mean, coach? We're playing Joe Montana. How how do you do that? Pack. We're not coming home. We're going to win the game, and we're going right to Tampa. And I was there for wide right. I was there. I was in the building for that as a fan. It was insane. Incredible. So if you know you're going to play the AFC and the NFC Championship and they're going to push the playoffs back, Just pack for the Super Bowl because you're going from that game. You're not going home. You're going right to Arizona to get that preparation in, and that preparation is going to be really quick. 702-365-9200 as we continue. And I like the behavior of the NFL. No one's talking today about this. Everybody's celebrating the great news of Hamlin showing substantial improvement. No one's moaning and whining about a schedule. They're all praying, and their prayers are coming true, hopefully, and there's better news coming. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports next is going to give you three games for free. If you're a gambler, I know you're tuning in. You don't have to pay for this. We're giving you games for free, and that's on deck. I'm just focused on this week, focused on, you know, we have – I guess really three and a half days left of the season, four days of the season left, and that's really all I'm focused on, uh, doing the best that I can for 
for the guys in the locker room doing what my my role is, what my job is, and um, that's all I can really do right now. And um, just try and give my best effort the next you know four days and leave it all out there on the field on Saturday. Yeah, I think we all agree. Jared Stidham's going to leave it all out there. I thought he outperformed the Niners' number one defense. What a game he had. JT, back with you as we bring in Lee Sterling, as we do every week from Paramount Sports, just coming off his birthday. And, Lee, I saw your daughter sang the anthem at the Orange Bowl on your birthday. How cool was that? <laughs> couldn't, couldn't have been any better, and I uh, thought she did a great job. So uh, I think everyone's looking you know, at everything going on in the sports world what we saw Monday night and politically everyone's looking for a little inspiration. And I thought she did a great job uh, giving that to everyone. Yeah, that's fantastic. She pulled that off and she's great. What a pro. Hey, quickly from a gaming perspective with what happened, uh, do you think the bills game and you look at Cincinnati, how do you handicap it off something like that? Just in general, how do you, how do you look at games like that? Well, I, I think if his situation had stayed the same and we didn't see improvement like we've seen in the last 24 hours, you know, it's, it's, it would have been tough for those kids to go out, uh, his teammates and play for him. But, uh, and also the, the team Cincinnati that went, went against him, but it looks like he's going to make, going to make a miraculous recovery. And I love the question. He wanted to know what happened in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't he obviously had no idea, uh, that he had been knocked out. And, and then, uh, you know, it sounds like the kid wants to play again. So it was just one of those, you know, one in a million shots that uh, happened in between uh, heartbeats. And um, let's hope uh, this this recovery continues. But um, I, I think the, the fans are going to be incredible. I think the mm-hmm. fans so, are going to be very supportive of both teams. Lee Sterling's our guest. So let's look at the games and their big ones you're giving us. Jacksonville minus six against Tennessee. Tennessee's floundered the second half of the year. They've crashed, but they're not done yet. They could they could have a miracle game. Vrabel has played in games like this, inspirational games he's coached. He's got a running back who can change the game on any given play. Jacksonville minus six against Tennessee. Winner move forward, loser go home. Yeah, he uh, certainly didn't want to leave any of his better players out on the field uh, last Thursday night against Dallas. Uh, basically did a tank job. Uh, Jacksonville, completely different. I mean, Doug mm-hmm. Peterson uh, wanted to keep that momentum going, and he did. They beat a team that had beaten them nine straight times and uh, did it soundly. The first time these two teams played, I went back and watched the tape. Jacksonville won 36-22, was dominant, and the Titans secondary uh, had no answer uh, for this Jacksonville team. And I just don't think that this Tennessee team is one of these teams that can make many changes here they're not built uh, as being a flexible team. I think the owner kind of knew uh, what was going on. Maybe it was a visionary. She fired the GM when they were 7-3. and three. Now they're 7-9. and nine. They're in real trouble here. This Jacksonville team with Trevor Lawrence, boy, has he come of age the last half of the season. Travis Etienne running and catching the ball is an absolute weapon, averaging over 5.2 yards per carry. And Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, you know him from the Giants days. Mm-hmm playing at a high level. I like Jacksonville here, 30-13. to 13. Jacksonville wins big in the cover. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Buffalo back home against New England. Belichick. Belichick looking at this game after what the Bills have been through, and Bills clearly are not going to be prepared for this game the way they would have. 
because of what happened to their fallen teammate here. Bills minus seven at home and a must-win game. Hard to say that for a 12-3 and team. That's 6-1 and at home, but still playing for the one seed. How do you see it? They could start slow. And, in fact, I'm going to predict that they do start slow. But I think the crowd's going to be behind them and uplift them. Uh, what, what bodes well for Buffalo is this Patriots team, 8-8, eight and eight, one of the worst 8-8 eight and eight teams we've seen in a long time. I do expect Matt Patricia to be let go or at least reassigned to another position. He's just not an, a good offensive coordinator. How lucky has New England been? They faced a lot of backups the entire season, over half of the games they played faced backups, and they've returned seven defensive takeaways for touchdowns, the most in the league since 2017. The offense is floundering. They've only scored 21.3 points per game, almost six points less than last year, and if not for that pick six, I think Miami would have taken them with a third-string quarterback. So I think Buffalo is going to find themselves maybe in the middle of the second quarter. I think Buffalo is too much here for New England. And I will say this, you and I both love Buffalo going into the year. If that game would have continued, I think Buffalo last week was in big, big trouble here right now. Cincinnati might be the team to beat in the AFC. Well, let's go to Cincinnati. You're giving that game for us for free. I can't believe it. It's a divisional divisional championship game against the Ravens. Number's really interesting. It's seven. You tell us how big the number seven is. I'm surprised it's not even a little bit bigger. Maybe get to seven and a half, but we'll play it here at seven. Cincinnati and the Ravens. Ravens with the situation with Lamar Jackson. They want to play bully ball. They want to shorten the game. They want to run it with a running quarterback here. And the Bengals, can they play explosive and go over the top against the Ravens? Cincinnati minus seven against Baltimore. Give it to us. Cincinnati just keeps scoring on everyone. I think that they have really turned the corner on offense. They've covered 20 of the last 23 games. The Ravens just can't score. They've been held to 17 or fewer points in five straight games here. Uh, Lamar Jackson only played one quarter uh, of those five games. And the last time this happened... All the way back in 2005, as Baltimore had this much trouble here on offense, the quarterbacks then, Kyle Bowler and Anthony Wright, were under center. I think the Bengals here keep rolling. Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. Get on, on it now. Four goes up. Cincinnati 34, Baltimore 17. You heard that from Lee Sterling, one of the best in the business. He's transparent. Every pick, win or lose, is up at ParamountSports.com. Game of the week, uh, Pittsburgh minus 2.5. Cleveland, Pittsburgh's at home. Man, what they've done the last couple of weeks to get on this roll to be in contention. They need a lot of help here. But Mike Tomlin's never been below 500. This would be below 500 if he loses. I don't know what the Browns are playing for. Browns are playing well, too. They can get to, uh, what's their, they're 7-9 and nine now. They can get to 8-9 and nine and get Deshaun Watson some momentum. I know you got something special on this game. How do we get it, Lee? Yeah, Cleveland uh, pulled a rabbit out of their hat last week and played extremely well upsetting Washington where no one thought it was going to happen and Pittsburgh just keeps rolling playing conservative football playing good defense and special teams you want to get this winner call 800-400-9741 we'll give it to you for free you want to hop on board just $147 gets you the last week of the NFL the college football national championship game we've won the last four of those the entire NFL playoffs in the Super Bowl We've won three of the last four. Just one place, ParamountSports.com. ParamountSports.com. Well, Lee, we'll talk to you during the playoffs. Appreciate you. Thanks, JT. Lee Sterling, really good guy, and it's up there. He tells you when they lose, when they win. 
He's got a good track record. You notice I don't have a lot of those guys, used guys, as they say, the bent noses. I put the best on. Lee Sterling's one of the best. We also have Jeff Sherman on, the VP of Risk Management over at the Westgate. I have Bill Krakenberger on, Mike North. Uh, trusted names when it comes to sports gambling. And I just thought we had another year where from everything I read and talked to people, there were a lot of losers last year. Guys who bet on sports and gals were losing. It was a hard year in the NFL. Hard year in the NFL. Period. If you've been watching Circus Survivor, that's been fun to watch. If you see the Super Contest at the Westgate or over at Circa. But the individual better struggles because the individual better doesn't care. They just throw their money around because they want to be entertained. But the professional gambler needs to make money and wants to win for a living. And who are the best of those? Don't know. They don't tell you. They don't let you know. The gamblers, the pros, there's not many of them who tell you what they do. Shouldn't they have all tweeted out at the end of the year their win-loss record? Anybody? Bueller? Anybody? How come everybody with a blue check mark who gives out picks in any sport for a living on December 30th didn't put out their win-loss percentage on Twitter and say, thank you for paying for me for advice. The end of the year, I was 48.2% or I was 56.1%. How come I can't find that on Twitter? Will they regulate it someday? Will Elon Musk, who took over Twitter, will he regulate if you have a blue check mark and you, you get, get money for gambling advice? Will any of these people put their name on it? There's only a handful, man, because it's not regulated and it's the Wild West, and they don't think you pay attention enough. When we come back, we got a big hour of insiders. Well, Levi Edwards will join us next. He's coming in studio. He's in the building. Digital reporter. He was at practice today. Bottom of the hour, Steve Levy from ESPN, the legendary Sports Center anchor, also a very good play-by-play voice, and he'll be calling the game on Saturday, the lead play-by-play voice for this game. And then we're going to get Kevin Bollinger in from Fox 5, the sports director here, to talk about everything that happened this week and what's happening in Vegas as we kick off the year. If you looked at the news, covered the news locally this week, there's a lot of cool things coming up this year. I predict this will be the greatest single year in Las Vegas sports history because of F1, countdown to the Super Bowl, college football kickoff national games, and we got a regional for the NCAA tournament. Two NASCAR playoff races, the list goes on and on. Golden Knights, Raiders, what a year it's going to be right here in Sin City, Vegas.